Welcome to the Manx Theatre Podcast. Hello, and welcome back to episode 37 of the Manx Theatre Podcast with me, Neil Callan. Thank you to everyone who's listened to our previous episodes. If you're brand new to the podcast, welcome along and thanks for joining us. In this podcast, we like to try and keep you up to date with what's going on in theatre on the Isle of Man, chat to the cast and creatives of upcoming shows to find out a little bit more about the shows and the people behind them, and keep you up to date with what our Manx-born and bred performers are doing further afield. Coming up on this week's podcast... I'm joined by three members of the cast of Taylorian Productions' upcoming production of 42nd Street, which opens at the Gaiety Theatre this Saturday, the 6th of August, and runs through to the 20th of August. You can still listen to all of our previous episodes through all the usual podcast outlets and at manxradio.com forward slash podcasts. Whilst you're there, make sure to give us a like, subscribe, follow, or whatever it is you need to do to make sure you never miss an episode. Now, in the last episode, I gave you an update on what a few of our Manxies are getting up to across the water. I mentioned that former Douglas Choral Union member and now professional performer and choreographer Matt Overfield was part of the cast for the new UK production of Mrs Doubtfire. But what I didn't know was that along with various ensemble parts, he would also be covering three of the main roles. These roles include Frank Hillard, who is the makeup artist brother of Daniel Hillard, who helps turn him into Mrs Doubtfire, Mr Jolly, who presents the kids' TV show he eventually takes over, and the dual role of Daniel Hillard and Mrs Doubtfire. Congratulations, Matt. That's amazing news. Sam Barks performed as Florence Vassy in Chester Musical in concert this week at the Theatre Royal on Drury Lane alongside Hedley Fraser as Anatoly and Joel Harper-Jackson as Freddie Trumper. They gave three performances over the 1st and 2nd of August. These performances also featured the pre-recorded voice of former ITN newsreader Sir Trevor MacDonald as the Newcaster. This weekend sees the start of the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, and Hello Little People will be joining the team at Comedy Club for Kids this year to perform at the Assembly Roxy. At the Balcomine Studio Theatre, they continue their season of National Theatre Live Screenings, on the 8th of September, they will be showing Much Ado About Nothing, starring Catherine Parkinson from TV's The IT Crowd and John Heffernan from BBC's Dracula in the lead roles of Beatrice and Benedict. On the 6th of October, there's a screening of Jack Absolute Flies Again. This is a comedy from the team behind NTL's productions of One Man, Two Governors and Twelfth Night and is based on Richard Brinsley Sheridan's The Rivals. It sees pilot officer Jack Absolute fly home after an aerial dogfight to win the heart of his old flame, Linda Languish. There is also a screening of The Seagull on the 3rd of November, starring Amelia Clarke, who played Daenerys Targaryen in Game of Thrones. She is making her West End debut in this 21st century retelling of Anton Chekhov's tale of love and loneliness. All the screenings, along with many others, including Shakespeare's Richard III, Aida, Madame Butterfly, Laboem, and many, many more, are also available at the King's Court Theatre in Castletown. King's Court Theatre are also providing you with another chance to see Jodie Comer of Killing Eve, making her London West End debut in the UK premiere of Susie Miller's award-winning play, Prima Facie. Jodie plays Tessa, a young, brilliant barrister who has worked her way up from working-class origins to be at the top of her game, defending, cross-examining and winning. An unexpected event forces her to confront the lines where the patriarchal power of the law, burden of proof and morals diverge. This performance includes sensitive subject matter, including references to sex, violence and rape, and as such has been rated 15. The service players have announced some play readings to help choose their November production at the Gaiety Theatre. The readings are open to all and will take place in the meeting room at the Archibald Knox pub in Onken at 7pm on Thursday the 4th and Monday the 8th of August. They'll be reading Steel Magnolias, Night Must Fall and The Lady Vanishes. If you want to go, I'm sure you can get in touch with service players through their Facebook page. Make sure you keep up to date with what's going on between episodes by following Manx Theatre Podcast on both Facebook and Instagram and at Manx Theatre Pod on Twitter. Okay, down to business. I'm joined on the podcast today by Kate Stobart, Rhys McGowan and Harrison Langham from the cast of 42nd Street. Kate, Rhys and Harrison, welcome to the Max Theatre Podcast. Hi. Thank you you for having us. Well, I say welcome, Kate. This is your second time, isn't it? I know, yes. You were on... But this is post-pandemic now. Yes. Well, yeah, you were on on three years ago with Neil, Neil King when you came on to talk about the Adams Family. It was the Adams Family, yeah. And you were more Tisha Adams. I was, yeah. That was Gosh, that feels like a, such a lifetime ago now. It does. It was such a brilliant show. But, it was, yeah. it was fantastic. And there was, you won some several awards for it as well, didn't they? Yeah, they're kind of still going because everything's been so delayed with the pandemic. The kind of the awards for that year are still rippling over. Yeah, we did really well at, at Noda's, which was 
a really fun trip when we went pre-pandemic. We just yeah. kind of did the trip just before COVID hit and was a hu- huge lot of us went and we had a really fun weekend. It was really great. Lots of drinking going on. Always, yeah. I mean, I mean socialising, a bit of networking socializing. with the other societies. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Okay, so chaps, you are this year's contingent of the Arts Ed Boys. Yeah, yeah, I guess. <laughs> yes, I mean, the, it's, it's a it's a fairly long-standing relationship now that the Tayloring have with uh, with Arts Ed. I think Matt James is, is a former Arts Ed alumni himself, yeah. but I think for the, last, the day. <laughs> for the last for the last there's another plaque down there. there. Sadly, not. There's Sadly not. not. Maybe maybe one day we'll get one. <laughs> maybe we, maybe we need to get that sorted out. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but since for the last five five years, I think it is since twenty seventeen when Chris started coming as as director, we've had a few arts ed boys each year, and it's been quite interesting actually watching the boys and that their careers developed after after year because everyone seems to be end of year one, is that right? Yeah, and yeah, it's it's, it's a nice little bit of experience for you then the end of your first year. Yeah, it's been a whirlwind this week. Yeah, yeah. like coming my first time on the island and just being like thrown in a week of rehearsals and. It's been amazing. Like everyone's really welcomed us, and yeah. it feels like an honour to be part of like a little part of Taylorian and yeah. as like the Art Z boys. Yeah. <laughs> so even, yeah. like even after seeing this, we went to see the theatre this morning. Um, yeah, it was like magical. It literally was like walking into its own little planet. And like after seeing how big it is and how like I think as soon as you walk into the theatre, you just get a big massive feeling or vibe or like feeling of some mm. sort of emotion or something yeah. just probably because of its history and like how nice it is inside mm. and stuff and the fact that we get to perform in that size of a auditorium before third year even like at the end yeah. of first year is mm. such a yeah, good opportunity yeah we're, we're very spoiled on the island with having such a wonderful theatre like that that we can you know just do any any show that we want one in there yeah. really and that little bit of water that keeps us on the island helps us with with getting amazing shows as well because quite often the the rights holders view that bit of water as, as not being a, a threat to any of the, the UK touring companies or at least or even from, from the London shows. So we have that bit of bit of distance that gives us yeah. the ability to do fantastic shows like Forty Second Street and Phantom and Cats and things like that, that that we've done that, you know, another society in you know St Helens or in, in Ireland that they just probably just wouldn't get. No. Yeah. Yeah. Literally. It feels like everyone takes it maybe serious isn't the right word, but like you can feel the passion for it that mm. people have and maybe like the public has for it around here mm. i can see that definitely. yeah there's so much respect even from people telling us all this week before we went in to see it how they talked about the theater it was so respectful and so and obviously quite proud yeah of it, aren't we? and like people who've lived here their whole lives and they still acknowledge how amazing it is rather than just being like oh it's just the the gaiety do you know what i mean yeah i mean it's so it, cool. it was a big passion project for for a few people a few years back sort of like back end of the 70s 80s it was it was not a great place and i think it was it was very almost sort of sold off and, and demolished at one point but then uh, i think government took it on and they got a group of people in and there was a big full renovation done and it's it's amazing the work that they've done to, to bring it back to, to the state that it is, is 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 fantastic but it's it's always great seeing guys like yourselves coming in and just that sort of first glint, glimpse of, of the theater when i mean People growing up in the Isle of Man, they're used to this theatre all the time, and they don't realise how lucky we are to have something as, as amazing as this. And I guess you guys might have been just rehearsing in church halls and things like that. Mm. Yeah. Well, like even like we've just finished our first year, and like in the first year, we've been lucky enough to go see West End shows and go to theatres and stuff. Yeah. They have nothing. They literally have nothing on how nice it is on the inside, and even on the outside, it's really really clean. You don't yeah. really see that usually. And I think that's also a bit of the. That's what makes it special as well. It's just the fact that it is such a nice auditorium just to perform in anyway. Yeah, it's like a glimpse of... It's like living the dream for, like, two weeks. It's it's an incredible opportunity. It's it's incredible, yeah. Yeah. So coming in then with literally just a week, ten days before the show opens, I guess that's a little bit daunting? Yeah. Yeah. I (laughs) I think we can both agree that we were nervous. Yeah. Yeah. Before coming. Obviously, we've because of the previous art said boys we felt like we've had shoes to fill and <laughs> yeah. yeah because like we look up to them obviously and yeah it's been a whirlwind but i think it's been lovely to just kind of set everything else aside in your life and just like focus on this like yeah. this yeah. is our life for like a month and i wouldn't want to be spending my summer anywhere else so no these guys have been amazing they've learned <laughs> a whole show in about six days and 
every single move, blink, head turn is just completely Shazam the whole time. And I've not fully learned it in five months and they've just gone that's it in five days and I'm like right can you show me how to do this and how do you do that shoulder shimmy and how do you make that head shot and I'm now asking them and that's less than a week oh, since meeting and youth is a wonderful amazing. thing isn't it <laughs> what are you trying to say <laughs> she's playing herself down though you're on yeah, it as well you've still had to rise to it yeah. I must say we oh, have been amazing but I guess you, you guys have been you know for the last for the last year you've been solidly sort of you know you're singing you're dancing you know as, as each week well every day every week and you've got to get that point where you get into a, a state of just of being like a sponge. You can just absorb mm. everything. So when you just have dropped into a position like this, well, it's like we're just doing the next sort of show, the next part of our, our training, I guess. And you just yeah. you can pick it up really quickly because you know all the steps. When when Chris is talking about a particular tap step or whatever, you know what he's on about and you can do it. Yeah. I mean, we're always learning. Like, yeah. we're nowhere near the finished product, if there ever is a finished product. And no. There's, perfection isn't real. Yeah. And we've just like... We've had no choice but to just completely yeah. get into this and like yeah. absorb everything we can. And the thing is as well, like we do do get arts, we do 10 hour days, five days a week, but you will never ever get the opportunity in training to learn so much information within a week yeah. that you have to perform for two weeks after. Do you know what I mean? Like you'll never get the opportunity to like rise and like, I don't know how to describe it other than the fact yeah, I don't really know how to describe it other than the fact that we've just been able to come in and like... Well, this is the job you've been training for. Those 10-hour days were so you could come here and do this 10-hour day where you did a job at the end of it and you did it amazingly. But also, like, I think, like, me and Harrison were saying as well that we feel like we've finally got the magic again because I feel naturally that in training you will just lose a bit of it. Like, you just kind of get used to it and you don't realise how lucky you are to be there. Yeah. And then when you come and you actually get to we heard the band call today oh, for the first time oh, and we started crying <laughs> it's, my, it's my favorite part of, of yeah, any show it's insane and like i haven't been to a band call in five years because of covid and just going into training and stuff i don't know if you've no to be honest i've not been to like a proper band fun? call and yeah. it's just it's just why we do it yeah like, to just hear the music yeah. It's just its purest form. It's it's incredible. They just come out of the gaiety. They just told me this on the way down. They just come out of the theatre <laughs> yeah. and they were like, oh my God, that theatre's amazing. Yeah. And then the trumpets are going and the drums and percussions going and then they just imploded. We looked at each other and I saw Harrison well enough and I was like, no, surely not. Like, we can't be starting to cry. Like, that is so embarrassing. Get it together, guys. <laughs> yeah, Emma said that the brass is, is just sounding it's amazing. It's amazing Same. today. Yeah, we were really, really whooping and hollering nearly at the end of every number. Oh, yeah. And I think it's... just listening to them yeah this show as well like to to do this show and have that band it's yeah it is a dream show it's incredible yeah. it is definitely like we've got kelvin towers again as, as md and um well when he's waving the stick everyone listens don't they it, mm. it's 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 never a poor show with kelvin on the on the on the baton no he's, he's so on it he's amazing that's the only way to describe it he's so on everything even today watching him conduct an entire orchestra i was like wow like you're not just someone who, like we we see him every day in the rehearsal room, like just bashing out note bashes and stuff. Mm. But then when you see him leading a full what eleven, twelve piece orchestra, you're like, wow. And he really his attention to detail is insane as well. And he knows when someone's not quite right, someone's on the wrong yeah. note. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. And I always I always find it amazing as well when you get an MD like Kelvin who will kind of go listen to like 30 people singing and we'll go Kate you're not quite on your, your and line there you yeah. it's amazing yeah. it's like what yeah it's it, is, amazing. it is phenomenal so anyway 42nd street it's on almost upon us like I said today is well it's, it's Sunday the 31st of July you open on the 6th of August so that is literally <laughs> six days away yeah <laughs> not not to get everyone nervous but you know we're, we're we're into the final stretch so today was getting day i was down this morning helping lugging all of the, the flight oh, cases amazing. in and getting that up <laughs> Thank and you. of course today Thanks. we yeah. and this afternoon you've had sits probe as well which is just awesome so how are we feeling excited we're not nervous we're excited yeah i think like well <laughs> i yeah. think there'll always be a couple of nerves <laughs> just a little it's um, the best way though like we care about it and so we want to do our best and yeah I think the nerves will help us. Yeah. yeah, I think what has helped is how everyone really actually has taken us in and not even in like the friendly way, obviously there's that too, but even 
like Misha is the dance captain. Yeah. Um, and we literally walked in on the first day and she grabbed us and she knew exactly what the vibe was, where our heads were at. Like she was just so in our headspace as well as us freaking out. But she wasn't freaked out. She was just so chill. Yeah. Which made us chill, which yeah. made us learn it faster and like be more confident with things. And then, but I think like had we not have had such a warm welcome, I don't know where we'd be now. Like yeah. I don't know that we'd be ready to see the theatre today <laughs> it's, it's that old adage isn't it it's the it's the theatre family it's yeah. one yeah. big happy family and you always get that with every Taylor yeah. show it's brilliant this is yeah. my first Taylorian and um, you just don't know what to expect and it's just been great and everyone's been so friendly and everyone in all the societies I've gone to have been great and been friendly mm. but there are subtle differences and it's really been a journey and then sometimes when we're all on stage it feels like we're a really big cast and then other times when we're sat around the room it feels really small yeah. and we do really all know each other and everyone yeah. is so nice yeah. and rooting I mean, for each other and that's the, that, that's a nice a thing with, with Taylorian as well is that I mean we have three two three big societies on the island there's the Manx Operatic Society the Douglas Choral Unit and Centre Stage Productions they're the three sort of big musical theatre societies and there are there is a kind of a core that kind of sticks with each society there's there's a few people that drift from from one to the other depending on what the shows are but Taylorian has no sort of core membership like that and it can be a completely different cast every year and it's it's just a whole brand new group of people that that, that comes along and it's it seems to work every year as we well just embrace everybody yeah and, yeah and there's there's a there's a sort of a high standard level with Taylorian that, that everyone yeah expects and, and what you get as well that's the mm. thing as well like it doesn't feel like an like an amateur society or anything like that no. at all it literally does feel no. even in the rehearsal room it feels like a professional production how everyone has their track sheets ready for if they're pr- even practicing their quick changes on the sides and we haven't even been for fitness for costumes yet but yeah. we're still trying to th- I've never been in a rehearsal room where everyone's been so on it it's and crazy. Chris yeah just oh really my god us. like yeah every everyone is so respectful and like he knows what we need and he's just been so supportive yeah. And he like has understood that we've literally just yeah. come into this. And well, yeah, like I said, Chris, well, Chris, t- um, Chris Cumming, the director. He uh, he also teaches at Arts Ed, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah. yeah. So did you know yeah. him before? Because, through through yeah, that, we yeah, did. We, we did. did. Yeah. yeah. And like I said, you know, obviously he's been doing this for five six years now with with Taylorian. So he knows that the Arts Ed boys come in with a week ten days to pick things up. So I guess he's used to it now. He yeah. knows how to, to to slot everyone into yeah. everything and, and away they go. I mean. Some of the some of the shows they've done as well with um, Chit Chitty Bang Bang a few years back and Tom Dickerson who was a, a an arts head boy he yeah. came over and he played Caractacus Pot. I think he may have had a few weekends beforehand, but he was still a, quite a short period in, in in the run into the show to pick the whole thing up and, and go oh. with it. So and a technical show like like that as well, yeah. is amazing. With a car that flies like, and he, I swear he has <laughs> to drive time. it as well, doesn't he? Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, it was good. It was I, really I haven't even good. applied for my professional. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> drive a flying car. <laughs> I was I was quite fortunate on Saturday. On Saturday, I was up at Bella Camine. My daughter's um, she was at Stage Ed, which is a, a little sort of a drama school from um, that's run by Stephen Palthman, who's a guy originally from the Isle of Man, but he was in the West End playing Mickey and Blood Brothers for twenty years. So he runs a little uh, stage school for a couple of weeks over over the summer, and they they do a week of of singing and dancing and then on the Saturday afternoon they, they put in a show but after that we managed to get up to the, the, the canteen to see all of the costumes up there and there are some amazing costumes some fantastic dresses there's a lot of shoes yeah oh yeah, yeah. I've told you oh yeah know all the shoes that we've got have you got all your shoes yet um no we've not seen the wardrobe we've only amazing. seen one very special pair of shoes yeah one very very <laughs> special pair of shoes but there are over 350 costumes isn't there because mm. most of them are new for, for us as well yeah nearly all of them made and the fabrics are amazing mm. um they're going to look incredible all sort of stood and sat next to each other we've just sort of seen them the girls stuff in isolation yeah it's just going to be incredible i believe chrissy's got some some fantastic gowns oh i bet yeah yeah i was awing her pile and it was just like a pile on the table it wasn't even on her and i was like (gasps) (laughs) sequins and furs and everything it's really going to be visual spectacle yeah and emma's emma's like i wish i had more shoes that didn't have buckles (laughs) <laughs> for, for all of those quick changes, yeah. although she, I think she did point out that her finale dress, which is real sort of sequined and, and, and gorgeous, but then she has like a pair of sort of diamante stilettos <gasps> for the tap number at the end. Oh, that's going to be fun! Crazy. <laughs> she'll she'll sell it from the waist. Oh, she'll, yeah. nail it. she'll nail it. She'll be fine. <laughs> yes, she'll, she'll sell it anyway. She's really really good. She's, She's really good. incredible. So the the costume designer, then Kirk Wills, he's I believe some of these are bespoke pieces as well. There. They're brand new and made for the people, and I think there are some 
I saw one dress of, of Chris's, I believe it is, that's a an exact copy of the same outfit that Bonnie Langford wore. <gasps> oh, Wouldn't wow. surprise me. Yeah. No, so that would not surprise me one bit. It all looks so, so it really fits the period. It's 1930s. You either didn't have much and you were very uniformed, or if you had a little bit, you just had all these beautiful colours and fabrics and mm. feathers and sequins and, and all sorts. They've been working very hard behind the scenes. Yeah. Yes, I did Fold, see some rather nice sort of feathery headdresses and things oh, like that. Oh, yeah. Yes. For, just for the boys, is it, as well? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's for me. I've got one of those. I've never worn anything like it. it just they call it showgirl, but yeah. it's like a hat with feathers, and then there's something for your shoulders with feathers, and yeah, she'll be able to dance in it, I hope. Yeah. <laughs> Bless the costume <laughs> team as well. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Yeah, there's, there's, there's a there's a great costume team there as well. To yeah, is there? Yeah, amazing. It's I can't, I can't, I actually can't fathom how they've even had the mind space to. I think everybody's got quick changes. There's three yeah. of us that have got seven or eight quick changes. Yeah, we most have people about have that. got ten costumes, maybe more. Yeah, Harrison, don't you it's have a like massive job? A nineteen twenty second quick change at one stage. Yeah, and I have to like. <laughs> do all these buttons on this <laughs> coat that I'm going to sweat in. But oh. I've never been in a production where not saying the costume is as important, but it, it kind of... It is. It kind of is. Yeah. 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 Insane. It's so cool, though. The attention to detail is amazing, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Crazy. At least there's, there's, there's one bonus these days with them having a lot of LED lighting in the in the theatre now. It's not as warm as it used to be. Mm. Mm. I'll remember that. <laughs> It could I'm not, be worse when I'm not going to say you're going to be cool yeah. or comfortable, but it won't be as, <laughs> as hot, hot as, as it, it could, could be. Been. Yeah. I mean, show, shows that I've done 20 years ago when it's all big park ends with extra park ends around oh. and it's just, yeah, you're just sweating by walking on stage. It's been horrendous. But but yeah, LED lights now makes it much That's easier. That's so good. That's really good. When they did Sing the Rain a few years ago, I thought, oh, it's great, you know, because the big, the big number with with the rain is at the end of the first half. Oh, this is the first one, anyway, is the end of the first half. Yeah. So they sweep the, you know, spend the interval then just sweeping it all down. I thought, great, just whack the lights on full. And they go, can't, because they're LEDs. <laughs> there's there's no heat yes. coming out of them to dry the stage out. Yeah. So. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Don't think about that these days, isn't yeah, it? New no. technology, new problems, <laughs> yeah. isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. Right, so anyway, um, so 42nd Street, it's been around for a while. Most people will know the rough idea of the story, but... For those who don't, for those who've been living under rock, can you give us a bit of a an overview of the story? And I'm looking at Kate because I think the boys have only been here for a few days. So. <laughs> oh, I think they know the story. So <laughs> I'll start and then you guys can fill. Okay. <laughs> um, it's 1930s. People haven't worked for a long time. There's been a recession. Everyone's been out of jobs. Things are starting to pick up. And there's a director-producer, Julian Marsh, who wants to do one more glitzy show before he retires. So he gathers people together and we do auditions and he gets the writers and they make a show. And then the story of 42nd Street is how do we put this show on? Right. And there's twists and turns as you go along. Which city are we going to start in and why do we have to move it? And what happens to the cast and this, that and the other? And Show um, within the show then? Yes, there is show within a show, which I think we've just about got our heads round. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we have been confused. That was... Which number is that? Is that a real number? Or yeah. Is show within a show number. <laughs> yes. So the show is Pretty Lady. Right. That's within Forty Second Street, mm-hmm. and there's a young girl that turns up from a small uh, American town that wants to make it on Broadway, and the story is also about her and how she does or doesn't do that, with lots of twists and turns. So that's Peggy, Peggy Sawyer. That's Peggy Sawyer. Miss Peggy Sawyer, and she's being played by Natalie Nixon. The legend yes. herself. Yeah. Amazing Natalie Nixon. I think She's her take special. on it is so, so perfect. Like how she plays it is quite... Well, obviously, you're going to have to come and see yourself. But <laughs> obviously, <laughs> obviously, I know. Obviously, yeah. <laughs> but her take is nothing like I've ever seen any person play Peggy Sawyer. I've seen 42nd Street like in an amateur production in Belfast once. It was amazing. And obviously, the West End recording of it and stuff. But hers is spot on, in my opinion. Right. Of how it That's should how it, be. Yeah, how it should be played. Nice. She's such a likeable character. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think we probably can see ourselves in her in some way. Yeah. Like, she's just a... She's a chorus girl. She's got a big dream. And she's young and, like, ditzy at times. And it's... Yeah. Yeah. It's really nice. The but, word no doesn't really exist to her, does it? No. no. She's going to go and she's going to make this happen. It's yeah. like one of those, it's, where's, where's the line between Peggy and Natalie? It, it's <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. She is it. perfect. Because she puts so much of herself in it. Like, she doesn't need to act and pretend to be likable because she just is. Like, yeah. when you come into the rehearsal room, 
you can kind of get the vibe that she gives off and because she puts so much of herself into Peggy that just comes across quite naturally mm. like you, you, she just doesn't really need to act a lot of that uh, well that aspect of it anyway yeah. I mean we, we've got a we've got a great cast on board as well I mean obviously we've got Julian Marsh that's played, played by Matt James the, the big man himself the legend yeah. the legend <laughs> the man <laughs> the myth the legend <laughs> the <myth. laughs> so Dorothy Brock then that's that's the, the leading lady who uh Succumbs to an injury and puts her out. That puts Peggy into into position, isn't it? Yeah, um, it is. That's being played by Chrissy Sutcliffe, and yes. she's oh her numbers. There's one number in the first act that is going to bring the house down oh, every yeah. Oh, yeah. single hundred percent. Oh, it's just her voice she, is divine. It's yeah. effortless. It's going to be one of those that the orchestra are going to be really, really patiently waiting to start again because everyone will just keep cheering. Yeah. Like it is that vibe. Can, I, can we start now? Yeah. <laughs> Kelvin will be there with the bat and go. Bless Kelvin. Yes. Yeah, he'll be like, right, okay. Oh, that's enough now. <laughs> yeah. So Dorothy's partner then is Abner Dillon. Is that right? He's the producer, the, the man with the money. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and that was originally going to be played by Dr. Johnson Elling, but unfortunately yes. he had to step away. And that's mm. now being split between Toby Smith and uh, Ian Dixon. Yes. And they've um, they've been at rehearsals for literally two weeks, yeah. and they've come in and they've nailed the lines and they've just fitted right in and quite automatically done the trajectories that have already been mapped yeah. in the scenes. I don't quite know how to describe how they're slightly different to each other, but they are. But they are yeah. still both yeah. really great Abners. Yeah. So it's going to be really nice. I think there's one one week and then yeah, one Toby's the did, Toby's week. doing the first week and then Ian takes over from the, yeah. the yeah. second Saturday through to the end of the run yeah. I remember Ian coming in for the re- first rehearsal and he was completely off script already and I was yes. like <laughs> I was like wow I was like first no, okay no, earlier, earlier this year Ian was in the Douglas Choral Union uh, production of The Hunchback of Notre Dame mm. and he played Frollo and it was just amazing his rendition of Hellfire was just chills it was, it was amazing then about four weeks later the Manx Operatic Society were do, doing Sweeney Todd and unfortunately, we had to move our show back a whole week because half the cast came down with uh, with COVID, basically within about 24 hours of Sits Probe. Oh, no. Which was just a very oh, scary gosh. time. And, <laughs> and, and uh, Ian stepped in for, for, one of our, our, for one of our big bases. And literally, he came in with like a week. Well, he practically had about two rehearsals and a dress rehearsal and, and a couple of texts. And that was it. And wow. he was on. And he was the person that was opening the show as well. It was just amazing that he stepped in, and then someone came back, but then someone else was out, so he stepped into that part and stepped into that part. The whole show. <laughs> it was it was it was brilliant. Just lots lots of little chorus parts here and there, and lots of and yeah, oh, it was it was amazing. Just to jump in and and and, and pick everything up so quickly, it was it was amazing. I uh, can see him doing that though. To be fair, quite easily. Yeah, like he just has that. I think he just has like the drive and stuff to like work really really hard. Like I bet he was working around the clock to learn those lines and the harmonies and stuff. But nothing ever seems to stress him. No. He's, he's just the most yeah. chilled out, relaxed, yeah. laid back man I've, I think I've ever met in my life. He just can do it. Like, that's the bottom line. <laughs> like, he's just the man for the job, isn't he? Yeah. So the writing duo then, which are Maggie Jones and Bert Barry, are played by Emma Callan, my wife, <laughs> and uh, Ben Heath. It's perfect for Emma. I mean, Emma fits into so many roles. She's done so many amazing things. But yeah, she's a very natural Maggie She's yeah. She's always quite calm, cool, knows what she's doing. Yeah. A little bit of a leader of the group. The the writers I think they have to work a little bit on having kind of ego but then not roaming the stage. They just work with Julie and they're not trying to kind mm. of get one over on the cast or prove they're better than anybody else. And her and Ben work really really well together. Yeah. And they're both they can both bounce off each other as well. Yeah. Like they're both quite naturally funny anyway. Yeah. But it's so nice to see in rehearsals when they're when they're both just taking everything to the next level with each other. It's not just one of them; it's both. Yeah, which is nice. Brilliant. Now, I'm, who is who from this point onwards gets a little bit hazy for me. So we, we've got Anne Riley as Kate Stobart. Yes. So what's your That's character? Me. So I suppose I'm a bit of an old timer in the chorus girl section. So I'm walking back in, looking for a job, expecting to get a job because I know all these guys mm-hmm. from five, ten years ago. But can I actually still get the job? Yeah. And I think everybody's a bit like that at the start of the show. Is you know, are we going to work again? We really want to work again. Or we want to work for these people. And there's sort of a little scutch of main chorus girls that follow Peggy through the story with her, and and Riley is just maybe slightly the little leader of that group. 
Right. Um, yeah. So assuming those other girls then are Phyllis Dale, which is yes. Lois Mooney, yes. Lorraine Fleming, which is Millie Christian, yes. Gladys, which is Misha Quayle, and Ethel Julia Bratty. Yeah, that's our little troupe. So we take Peggy under our wing and she comes and joins in and we take her under under the wing and then just her little friends throughout mm. the show really, aren't Yeah. They? And you, you kind of are the reason that she becomes... Yeah, she sort of has to pass a test with yeah. me. Yeah. We kind of bump into her and it's sort of like, well, if you think you can join in with us, go on then. And yeah. then she just knocks our socks off. And then when Chrissy has the accident mm-hmm. and we need somebody, it's me that really pushes to... So Anne has a bit of a flip, doesn't she? She comes across quite hard, yeah. mm. bit of old time, uh, kind of can't get anything past me, but she really does support and make Peggy get her in at the end yeah pushes it pushes her forward yeah yeah great so in the guys then i mean there's some there's some great guys here we've got tony eccles as billy lawler and and christian cooper as andy lee both of them are phenomenal tony's voice is oh yeah like butter and christian's stage presence is ridiculous like in every step he takes and every walk he does like Every single step in the dances, when he dances, it looks like he's just bouncing on clouds. Yeah. That's the only way I can describe mm. it. Like, it's insane. It's ridiculous. He's so striking. Yeah. Like, he stands out in that room, and he's a pleasure to watch. Last year in A Chorus Line, um, I forget the name of the character now, but he's the one that has the he big monologue. Oh, yeah. I would oh. have loved to have seen that. It was amazing. It was wow. amazing. I I may have been responsible for a round of applause after that one night. <laughs> for believing the round of applause, it was just... Oh, mind blown! Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah, he's fantastic. So he, so he's the choreographer in this when they're right. making the show, um, and Tony is the lead actor. So he is like the star name that's the matinee drag, idol. Drag the punters, <laughs> yes. Love that role. Mm. He's yeah, it's such a fun role. <laughs> it's so Billy. opposite to him. Is, is that a tick box for the future? Is it? I'd love that. I happily, yeah. Who else have we got? Oh, we've got we've got Olive, which is Mandy Griffin, and Mac, which is Peter Shimon. And Pat Denning, who is Mark Doherty. Mandy is playing piano live on stage. All right. Some of the, so it's live accompaniment for some of the songs. No pressure for Mandy then. And she's doing she's doing amazing. Then she's she's getting some really beautiful yeah. ad libs in yeah. there. Isn't she? So she is going to steal the show. <laughs> I think so. And the yeah. contender for stealing the show, other than her, is Peter Shibin Mac because he's meant to be a stage manager and people trying to hand him things and he's eye rolling no. left, right, and centre and. There's so much to watch. Yeah. You're just not going to see it all. Yeah. Seeing it once. There's just so many little details. So what yeah. you're saying is in in the... In the Both weeks. <laughs> Multiple <laughs> viewings. All three weekends. It, yeah. In, in the benefit of selling lots of tickets, you've got to come and see it at least twice, preferably three times. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say so. Yeah. And then Mark Doherty is a love interest for Miss Brock, mm-hmm. which can make things a bit complicated, mm. seeing as um, she's trying to be wooing the sponsor. Yes. To fund the whole show. Yes. Um, yeah. So it's just little layers to plots, and everybody's mm. got a little story that weaves through 42nd Street. So that's the layer in there. A bit, a bit of a, a dilemma then for Dorothy about the, yes. the man that she kind of needs to fund the show and, and the yes. guy that she really wants to be with. Yes. Mm. Right. Okay, folks. So then looking down to the male ensemble, we've got David Britton, Matty Rycroft, Oliver Sykes, Harrison Langham and Reese McGowan. And on oh, the ladies, <laughs> on the ladies, we've got Kaylee Plumley, Cheryl Moon, Gaynor Denham, Jill Goss, Narissa Taverner, Sarah Kenyuk, Shannon Dallison, Tracy Hepworth and Grace Pope. That's a, yeah, that's us. It's a that's great nice. cast. It's a, Everyone is, everyone's really great. Yeah. Everyone's that's really the, nice. That's the family. Yeah, that's us. You're listening to the Manx Theatre Podcast with Neil Cullen. So let's, let's, let's get to find out a little about, about you guys. Take us back a few years. How did you get started, Harrison? When, what was it that, that sort of first got the bug for you? I think I've always grown up singing and dancing. Just like, I think the first big thing for me was probably, it sounds cringe, but like The Wizard of Oz and... yeah. Things really cringe, but things like High School Musical. And <laughs> I remember I was in the supermarket with my mum one day and she was just like, Harrison, why don't you start drama classes? And um, I was only like seven and I started drama and I loved it. And then I got pushed to do ballet and didn't love that so much at first, but I'm very grateful I did it. Um, that foundation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really important. And singing, love it. Yeah. So good. So that's that's in in Billings then, back yeah. in, in Lancashire. It was 
kind of the place for me was Elizabeth Hill and that was like a local dance school and I would not be the performer I am today if it wasn't for them. Although it was like really close to me, it was, I think it's one of the best and yeah. Yeah. For I mean, that, yeah, it's really great. Yeah, on the other man here we have the Christine Wilde Theatre School and that's where you'll find a lot of the, a lot of the, the, the probably all the older older girls within the cast will have been through there. So Emma and Julia and I'm guessing yeah, Kate is yeah. nodding at me as well. And Misha, I think, and Lois. Yeah, it's a bit of a dynasty, really, because, yeah. you know, we're all knocking on 40 now, and I don't have children, but those with children have, have gone through it. Or people my age have now set up all their own schools, and just the island is just spoilt mm. for choice. Mm. And it's just all come back to, to that in the 90s. It's incredible. Incredible what she did for us. A few, a few years ago, uh, one of the, the the shows that Christine did, I think it was a Christmas show, what she'd, she'd found was that a lot of the young girls within her school were actually daughters of previous students. students yeah. So I think the centre centre page of the, of the programme was a big photo of all of the old Christine girls with oh, all of their daughters. It was, a, it was a lovely photo. That yeah. is so lovely. <laughs> so my daughter was at Christine's for, for a while, tapping oh. and, and, and sort of ballet. <laughs> yeah. She's into hip-hop and yeah. stunt, cheer and Everything stuff like that so these days. Now. Yeah. She loves it. She's she's dinky, but she's a, she's a flyer when it comes to the, yeah. the, the stunt work. So she yeah. gets thrown around a lot of the place, loves it. So yes, that Elizabeth Hill then that was that was St Helens then yeah yeah yeah. So did that lead on then to the stage box? Yeah, it did actually. So I auditioned for that when I was eleven, and it's kind of it specialises in musical theatre and TV and film, and that was the big kind of next step for me. And they were the reason I auditioned for Matilda, and I'll never forget that experience. So that yeah. was that was Matilda in the West End. Yeah, yeah. And you, you were you were part of that cast. Yeah, insane. Wow. Yeah, it was. I didn't appreciate it. Well, I did, but I just didn't understand how much of a huge deal it was, yeah. and how much it would impact me forever, and how much I learned from it. And it's definitely one of the big reasons that I'm at Arts Ed. And yeah, yeah, it was very, very grateful for that. Yeah. Tim mentions music in that show is 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 fantastic. It's stunning. Yeah, I I think it's the best kids show. And the kids are literally what make it. They are like machines. It's it's crazy. Yeah. So which part did you play? I played Bruce. Bruce. Bruce Bogtrotter. Eats the cake. Eats the cake. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Which is so funny because it's nothing like you. No, at it's all. Really not. Literal polar opposites. <laughs> but um, oh. he's such a great character, and like he's always on. That's so cool. The audience always has him on their side. Um, and yeah, it's just funny and yeah. Really good. Brilliant. So, Reese, that you've not you've not been it quite as long as no, not really. <laughs> <laughs> you're, um, you're a bit more of a, a recent addition to it. Yeah. Well, I, my family is like quite musical anyway. Like my mum would sing and stuff like that, not professionally or anything, just yeah. like at mass and Sundays and stuff like that. Um, but she kind of got me into it from when I was really young. And then when I kind of hit the twelve stage or like twelve thirteen, I was like, no, I don't want to do this. That's weird and all this stuff. And then I turned fourteen. And I remember, like, just being really into the New Year, New Me side of things when I was 14 and, like, yeah. loving that. And then, so I was like, oh, okay, I'll start singing lessons again. So I started singing lessons and then that was kind of it. Like, it was quite casual. And then I was coming out one time when my granny collected me in the car and she's reading the newspaper. And there's an audition box for West Side Story, just at, like, my local theatre. And she's like, oh, you should go for this. And I was like, oh, well, I don't really know what it is. What's it about? And then she kind of explained it to me because she loves the old musicals and mm. stuff. And then, yeah. I auditioned for it. I hadn't danced before or anything like that. And then I got in just like as a little ensemble member. And then as soon as I started the rehearsals, I was like, this is, this is it. This is what I want to do. Like, yeah. there's no point in looking for something else. Like, exactly. this is it. I found it. Do that you know what I mean? amazing. So, yeah. Did you go to dance? Like, you dance amazingly. You really just <laughs> started. Like, Thanks. How have you done that? Um, well, I did, I did shows, like just little amateur shows up until I was 16. But... I went away from home then when I was 16 and I moved to England by accident. <laughs> Basically. Got on the wrong boat. By accident. Well, I was, I went for like a little like West End workshop with a college called Emile Dale Academy who was touring around the UK just doing what I thought was like workshops with different professionals and then what I didn't realise was in the workshop they were auditioning people not formally just yeah. as was watching you work and stuff and then I got asked to stay with a few of my friends. Stayed. And then they were like, do you have a song? And I was like, yeah, um, Burn from Hamilton, which is like a girl's song. Didn't know any other, like, didn't have any other musical theatre songs or anything. I was like, oh, I'll just sing this. It was way too low for me because it was in a girl's key and I couldn't sing 
way up in the sky, like, do you know what I mean? And then sang that, and then the guy who was doing the audition, Tim Evans, who I think actually might it's... have been MD in Matilda at one stage as well. Yeah, well, he still he still does it. No way! Which is crazy. Oh my God, I didn't know that. And he's... Is he your singing teacher? <laughs> no, I wish. Hopefully <laughs> maybe next, next year. Maybe yeah, next hopefully next year. <laughs> but yeah, he was like, the song's not... Like, you don't use the song, so if we give you another recall to London can you bring another song? And I was like, yeah, 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 absolutely, absolutely. And then um, got an email later that week asking to come to London, did the recall in London, and then I got in. Oh, and I went when I was 16. So is that for a college? Yeah, like a sixth form. Wow. Um, Tony Eccles so has lucky. a very similar story. Really? There was a workshop at Balcomine School from the Hammond. Hammond had big, big oh, dad yeah. school, and they'd come over and they were doing workshops, and he knew nothing about it. And Adrian Burnett, who I think... She she was either the head, the prime the prime minister the headmaster head teacher she was either the, well there's a vacancy <laughs> and she's just retired as well yeah, so um, yeah so she was either the head teacher or she was still a drama teacher at the time and she sort of persuaded Tony to to go down and, and take part in this workshop and he got offered Gosh. a place for, for, at Hammond off the back That's of it crazy. and he was like who what yeah <laughs> that's amazing it's smart it's crazy how these things come around when it you don't is. even intend to do it. And it's weird how it all pans out as well because I only ended up doing the first year of the sick form because when COVID hit, you couldn't leave yeah. Ireland. Like, you just couldn't get out of the country. So so that was that done, basically. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But if I hadn't have had that one year, even at EDA, I don't think I would have... Uh, there's no way, actually, I would have gotten into arts at all because I knew nothing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And who knows if I'd even have kept up musical theatre Yeah. if I hadn't have went. I could have just got bored of doing shows and then stopped. Yeah. So it's mad. Like I'm such a believer of everything happens for a reason as well, which oh, sounds yeah. a bit wet, but like, yeah, I think it does. I know. I'm not, I, I agree with that. I mean, yeah. things, things happen for a reason. I, mean, I yeah. tried to get away to drama school and I didn't go. I ended up staying here on the island, but then I met Emma, and it's oh. like, you know, yeah, just as she came back from London. So it's you know. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. So Kate, how did you get started? I from basically walking couldn't stop singing, dancing, bashing anyone's piano keys yeah. at home when I was. <laughs> a podgy little toddler and finally finally persuaded my mum to get me some lessons i lived next door to the wonderful eleanor shimmon mm-hmm. so instead of taking me on at nine she took me on at seven for piano oh and i just practice every single day and then i went to christian wilde i think i went to marilyn Morsley for a few years before that actually oh yeah and i just would run around like a ballerina the whole time and yeah. just absolutely obsessed so then i went to bella camine and i did the shows at bella camine i did christine shows the pantomimes, things like that. And yeah. then I went off to uni to train in physiotherapy and I I never really found anything. Yeah. In England, you were either a professional or you were a teacher. Yeah. So I never really found anything. And then I moved home 12 years later and I'd been back a while and seen the shows and uh, Mark Doherty persuaded me because they needed tap dancers for producers. Yeah. And he goes, I was like, oh, I can't do that, I can't do that. And he's just said, what are you doing? Well, whatever night it was, Tuesday at seven. Yeah, yeah, I can make it from work then. Just and I found these tap shoes that were older than some of the people in the room. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Probably as old as you guys. I'm not older than you two now because this is five years ago. Put them on, and my feet remembered it. And the reason he got me there was because he said, "Look, it's free. Yeah. It's half an hour. What are you going to lose? Yeah. An hour, nothing." And then like the bug came back. Yeah. And then I was like, I just want to get in. I don't want any part. And then I turned up for the audition and suddenly this fire just, and I was like, I really care about this. So I was just, <laughs> and then, and then that was it. And so that was a DCU show. And then I made some lovely friends there, Hannah Taylor and Jem Last, and they persuaded me to do Sweet Charity. And then yeah. I stayed with them for a few years doing a few shows. And then I regretted not doing Singing in the Rain. Mm-hmm. I saw that tap. So when 42nd Street came around, I was like, right. Yes. Stop everything. <laughs> I need to be in this She's show. <laughs> and that's it. We here we are. And I suppose being a, a a professional physiotherapist as well has been been quite helpful in the rehearsal room, is it, for the old strains and aches and pains around the place? Not too bad. It's sort of a can of worms you try and avoid opening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but there has been only one or two kind of urgencies that I've needed. But we're fully stocked for backstage. Right. Jenny's used me. We've got ice packs, we've got tape, we've got bandages just in case. So, yeah, that would be good for backstage. Emma did Avenue Q a few years ago. Well, she did it twice, actually, with with David Dawson. Yeah, you guys needed... Was it Michelle that came in? Yeah, Michelle Breed, and uh, because they're they're spending all the time with the the Puppet like this, so she was massaging most of them backstage every night after the show just to loosen their shoulders off, but a very useful skill to have. Yeah, (laughs) definitely. 
Okay, let's have a look at some of the, the other questions then. So we've talked about how we all got got started in our first roles, but what would be what's the dream role that people oh, would love to play? Who wants to go first? You go first. <laughs> <laughs> I went to see Mary Poppins two months ago, maybe, and I didn't know anything about it because I just hadn't watched the movie or anything like that. And as soon as I saw Charlie Stempus Burt, I was like, "That's it. Yeah, that is." the dream that's the absolute dream because he tap dances upside down <gasps> like from from the top of the like from the roof what? of the stage and you're like what the heck like it's crazy <laughs> and i went yeah that one that would that that'd be one. great yeah Dear <laughs> 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 yeah, literally. Literally. at the moment it is probably billy in anything goes yeah i've managed to see it three times while it's been back it's pro- it's probably that but I think it's such a hard question to answer yeah. as well because you don't want to just um, dream just about one role and like put yourself like in a box or anything. But um, but yeah, it's and really this, good. This, you know, it, it changes as you as you get older as well. I mean, obviously there are there are some roles in shows that, that come out now that I I'm too old to play and I'll never get to play those parts. So, mm. but you know there are some things that you know as I, as I change and as I grow older and change in physique as well. You know I have to appreciate that I can no longer play that young. Part and you know, I've got to look at the dad roles now. <laughs> so when I'd for, for years I was like Leo Bloom. I want to play Leo Bloom. Uh, These days I'm more mm. like a Max Bialystock than a Leo Bloom. But mm. and that was that was that, that was something as well. That's something that, that actually took me quite a few years to get my head around the fact that you know I'm not going to play that part because that part's a little little weakling, little sort of skinny person. I'm quite broad and can be quite you know imposing of characters sometimes so it's like okay so i have to reason like the reason why i'm not getting cast in those roles is because of my my build and my physicality rather than you have to work with yeah. it don't you yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so what about you kate what's your what's your well, dream keeping all the uh rules suspended <laughs> and the dream alive mine would still be thelma from chicago mm, yeah. Oh, yeah yeah i can see that it's mind amazing, you mind you it? velma is supposed to be an older lady anyway she's supposed to be on the sort of the on the, the way out of the of her career, the end of her career rather, yeah. right, and then Roxy comes in as the as the new pretender. Yeah, that is very true. Oh, I just love to see it over here. <laughs> we need to get these rules bent well, and get it was it done. Over here. It was done. It was done in two thousand and five. You must have been away at university that I time. I was. I graduated that year. Yeah. I played Amos Hart. Did you? Yeah, it was one of my favourites. <laughs> I did love the part of Amos. It was yeah. it was fantastic. Yeah, I think it's just a good classic one. Now, yeah, I think it? if the opportunity came around to play Amos again, I'd certainly, I'd definitely yeah, jump at that one again. Amazing, Reese. Now you said earlier on you had an idea of what the uh, the part that you were born to play. Oh, you had a good answer for that one. It wasn't even a good answer. I think I was just really excited about it because I thought of it in the car. <laughs> <laughs> that one, that one. I was like, oh my god. I, well, I don't know. It sounds so silly, but I I just think Olaf and Frozen, <laughs> like he literally is just oblivious to everything and i'm not gonna lie like <laughs> my dyslexic brain sometimes doesn't have a clue what's going on he melts in the sun i sunburn so badly <laughs> i think that's just the vibe it's you know your I mean? irish jeans isn't it yeah that's yeah. it that's it I literally go red i get burn and peel i never ever tan never you are Ola. <laughs> it's you, you'll have to do it it's so fun it. <laughs> it's so fun imagine <laughs> Right. Okay. So this this one often is a, is an interesting one. So this is our our best and worst costume, and quite often, this is the same answer for a lot of people. They'll come in and say it's the best costume because it looked amazing, but my word, it was hot. It was sweaty. It was just stiff, tight, awkward. Guys, Harrison, what was what's the best and or worst costume that you've ever had to wear? Um, I think the worst was probably playing Mowgli in the Jungle Book. <laughs> Because there just wasn't much of it, and there was no costume. Yeah, there was no costume, and I was like nine, and it was really fun though. And budget yeah. smugglers, yeah, yeah, literally, just <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but my best, I'm gonna just have to say Bruce and Matilda. Just the fat yeah. suit, it was striking to say the least. It was, it was so good. Yeah, I hope there are photos. That yeah, you, that you can share yeah. with us. I can. Did it take ages to get in? Yeah, I mean. I think they were like designed for us as well. Like they had like little, little boobs and like the little bunches. Oh, it was, it was crazy. Did they have to do like a body cast to to make it for you, or was it just sort of? It was yeah. It was like done with like measurements, obviously. And yeah. It was it was quite funny to see it without wow. just in the flesh, like. Yeah. With... <laughs> wow. But yeah. Kate, how about you? Best worst costume. Oh. Bit more tissue was a good one. That was amazing. That. 
it was it was sort of everything. It was the hair and mm. it was the makeup and it was the theme and the attitude and the music and the lights. She sort of was a dream role, kind mm. of born to play role come true, really. When I was 17, I played the Tin Man <laughs> at high school. And I'm forever grateful that I kind of got to get a principal. But at 17, yes, that one. With, say with Danny Bryson yes, and with, Simon Mosley. Yes, Mosley. yes, oh, yes. Wow. So I was their Tin Man. So yes, it was amazing to get a principal. But a seventeen-year-old girl was not too sure about herself and turning into a woman and everything. It was yeah, sprayed bit, silver and a little bit mortifying. So the costume was amazing because Janet Norris was still there. Yes. So she still had her performing arts students, and they just built props and sets and oh, the room was amazing with everything. And they built it as part of their A level or GCSE piece. The cost it was amazing. Yeah. It was just more the fact I was. A seventeen-year-old girl having to be like a man, but, um, yeah. It wasn't. And then the grannies and producers. I was going to say, is it something of the producers? The grannies and produ- I mean, the cost. It was awful. It was nylon, and it, we had these wigs and we had these Zimmer frames. But <laughs> it was just such a momentous m- number. Yeah, it was. I remember like, watching it. It'll so always you, be infamous that number. You had, you, there was no way of telling who was who no, in those grannies because they all had the grannies, same wig. And the, the, yeah, these blue dresses that were horrid, but on stage they looked amazing. Chasing <laughs> 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 people around with zipper frames. Yeah, it's amazing sometimes. I mean, I've, I've done done plays with with societies on the Isle of Man that you know don't have quite have the same budget that Tullerian do, and a lot of the costumes will have come from Oxfam or Red Cross in the street and you're thinking really? But then somehow when they're lit they look amazing. It's like how can my my outfit which cost three pounds look so so good lit under these lights on the stage. It's it's crazy. I think my best costume will probably be from 42nd Street and I'll have my spoil for choice Yeah, because I've never had sort of like a, a showgirl headdress before mm. and there's one like that and then there's there's a, quite a small evening party scene and everybody's frocks are incredible oh, yeah. like They're velvet class. and lace and so I, I think I'm about to rewrite kind of best costume <laughs> <laughs> Okay Reese, what about yourself? You probably haven't got quite as many to choose from as, as, no. as, as Harrison and Kate but but I did do I did a Wizard of Oz when I was 14 and I hadn't quite grown up yet, to put it like that. And they thought it would be funny to make me the mayor of Munchkinland. <laughs> <laughs> and it was not funny to me. Like, the choices they gave me, you could literally fit three of me in. And then, so they gave me this pillow for a fat suit. But the theatre was so warm because there was no aircon at yeah. all. I don't even know if it was the costume that made it so bad. I think it was just, like, the experience just of, together. like, just being petrified as a 14-year-old to play the <laughs> mayor of Munchkinland and everybody <laughs> laughing at you and, like, had no mic, so you just had a shout it and stuff like that. And Brilliant. my voice was breaking at the time and, like, oh, it was just a disaster. <laughs> an absolute disaster. Um, best costume, genuinely, I'm not just saying this because... We're talking about 42nd Street, but I will be wearing it next week. Yeah. There's one specific costume at the end of the show and one specific pair of shoes that I will never get over, ever. I've not seen them. What is it? I think you might have. Oh, I've You just don't know what ones I'm talking about because there's, like, nightmares. (laughs) Can't wait. (laughs) Yeah, there's more shoes. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, definitely next week. I'll show you a photo. Okay. After, yeah. (laughs) Okay, um, so one of the next questions, and this this is a fun one. Now, actually, sometimes the guys find this one a little bit more more tricky than than the girls. Actually, so this is the gender swap question. So, what role would you play of the opposite gender if you could, Harrison? Elwood's in <laughs> full stop. Oh, well, yeah. No hesitation. <laughs> Don't fair enough. Because she's just amazing. She is an icon. Yeah, and the songs are incredible. I wish, I wish I could do that. She is, she is a slave. <laughs> she is a walking slave. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Kate. So I found it really hard to actually pick a guy yeah. for gender swap because I actually do focus more on female roles. I thought I'd be open to both, but playing a kind of a baddie would be quite good. Mm. So I think I'd pick the engineer in Miss Saigon. Oh, that, that is a wonderful part. David Artis played that. It's probably because he did it and he did yeah. it so well. He made it look so fun. I was yeah. like, yeah, that would be good. Yeah. That would be that would be on the list of the roles that I would want to play as well. Mm-hmm. Such a great part to get your teeth into. It's fantastic. Reese, I think, like, guys, I'm just going to have to say Tanya from Mamma Mia. Like... <laughs> Can you imagine how much fun you would have every single night just singing Does Your Mother Know? It would be 
hilarious. Like, oh, I just think it would be class. I saw Mamma Mia in the West End 15, 20 years ago. And I just remember there's, there's a, some of the scenes are quite well written. Some of them are a bit of a link through to the next song. Yeah. And when Tanya or the other one turns around to Donna and says, now listen here, Chickatita. <laughs> oh, every, you roll your eyes oh, in it, don't you? We know oh. which song's coming next then. Yeah. It's, like, it's just the one and only time in the entire show she refers to her as Chickatita. <laughs> that would be fun. Is she the one in Dungarees? Um, no, she's the, do you know Donna's like best friends? Yeah. She's one of the dynamos. Yes. She is a legend. Yeah, she's, she's like funny. the Kim Cattrall type character of, yeah. the, of the two of them, yeah. She's so funny. She's <laughs> brilliant. Right, so, two years ago, just after the first lockdown, and we had we had a little bit of a time when we didn't do anything, but then we managed to get back after lockdown, and one of my friends was setting up a Spotify playlist, and I thought, oh, that's a good idea. So what we did, Neil King and myself, uh, at the time, we set up the, the playlist, and we said we chose ten songs each to get it started, because no one wants yeah. to listen to a, a playlist with two songs. Yeah. So we chose 10 songs each, and these are songs that either we've performed, they've been in shows that we've been in, or they just they just mean something to us. They're, you know, they're really really personal to us. So those were our 10 songs. Then every person that's been on the podcast since then has chosen a song to add to the list. So some of the ones that we've got, and I'll try and pick out ones of, of people that we know. So we've got oh, Emma Callan. She chose The Overture from West Side Story. She wanted a song from West Side Story, couldn't decide on which, and thought, it's an old-school overture, it's got them all in there. That'll do. Smart girl. Ian Dixon chose Who I'd Be from Shrek the Musical. Um, Chrissy Sutcliffe chose I Am What I Am from La Cacho Falls. Tony Eccles chose When I Grow Up from Matilda. And, uh, and Natalie chose Immaculate Deception from 35mm. Mm. A show that I've never heard of. Never heard of I. I think I've heard one song from that. Yeah. But I need to properly listen to it. Yeah. It is, yeah. It's uh, some, some powerful stuff in that show. Mm. Uh, so, Harrison, Kate, Reese. Which song would you like to add and why? I would probably add Corner of the Sky from Pippin. Oh, beautiful. Mm. Not only does it have just like a place in my heart, but it's it's just such a great song. It's about a young boy. He's ambitious and he wants a lot out of life. But he later in the show comes to realise that everything you need is kind of already around you. And I think that's just like a lovely message. And like when you realise what's really important... It's like comforting and yeah, love that. Brilliant. Case? Oh, I'm torn. What are you, what are you saying? <laughs> I'm gonna. So we'll, we'll jump to Reese. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. see back. what he says first. <laughs> I saw two weeks ago the Back to the Future musical in the West End. <gasps> I am there in like three weeks and I cannot wait. It Did was you? the best musical I have ever seen in my entire life. Oh, you're making I me so happy. <laughs> didn't think, I didn't think like, because like it's gold. a movie musical, I was like, oh, like. I don't think the script will be great. Like, the songs probably won't be great. It was the best thing I've ever seen. Literally, the most feel-good show. You cried, like, from happiness and stuff. Like, it was so, like, funny. It was just great. And there's a song in it called Gotta Start Somewhere that Cedric Neal sings. Yes. And it is the most feel-good song in the entire world. And in the cast recording, he's riffing for days. Like, he is just so talented. But in real life, I was like, surely surely not like surely he won't do what he did in the cast recording he oh my god he left the cast recording to pieces like he <laughs> just was going all over the place and it was clean riffs as well sometimes yeah. people riff and it's not very clean and it's like oh you kind of made it every single note was just perfect and because it's like such a feel-good song every he had literally it was like the middle of the first act or something and he had everybody standing on their feet wow. like applauding and it was crazy and just the musical as well is oh you're going to love it. I, I'm there on the 22nd, and I'm absolutely gutted that Ollie Dobson finishes on the 15th. Well, I didn't see Ollie Dobson. I saw um, his understudy, and his yeah. understudy was amazing, so I wouldn't even worry. Yeah. Well, actually, his his replacement that's coming in from Jersey Boys, so he's going to oh, be yeah. he's going to be amazing as well. I forget what his name is right now, but he's... Um, yeah. Oh, what is it? Well, come back to me. Yeah. But, it, I mean, I can imagine coming from Jersey Boys, he's going to be pretty amazing as yeah. well, so... Wow. Right. Kate, have you have you made a decision? Have you tossed a coin oh. and worked out which one's going to be? Do I need to say a Forty Second Street one? To be loyal, oh, got that bit. Um, it has to be Gethsemane. Me. <gasps> oh, it is the best musical song of all time. Yeah, I am just saying. So true. And yes, it's not light entertainment for a podcast, but if 
you had three minutes to explain what musicals are. Yeah. It does everything. It's light, it's dark, it's hope, it's oh desolation and it oh yeah. It's the high. You've got a whole musical just well. in one song. Yeah. Yeah, it's gotta be Gethsemane. <laughs> I don't think I can even say it right. Is it Gethsemane? Gethsemane. Yes. <laughs> don't even know. Yeah. I mean there's been three productions of Jesus Christ Superstar on the island in the last thirty years. And we had Ernie Thorne played it back in sort of 1980-something, Matthew Quinn in about 2005, and then about five years ago we had Matt Matt Creer, yes, and just the performances of Gethsemane were just... I could listen to him sing that all day, he's amazing. If you could pick one now, what would you pick? I know you've picked like once before, but for for right now... For right now, oh yeah, because I mean it was three years ago when I when I first picked that list. I think having only heard it this week, um, I would choose "Let's Pretend" from Mrs. Doubtfire. <gasps> oh, I haven't listened to that yet. It's it's amazing. So my my friend uh, Matt Overfield, he's a guy in the island from the island originally. He's he's working professionally in London. He's been in in all sorts of shows, but he's now going into the cast <gasps> of, of Mrs. Doubtfire. Wow. And, and I mentioned this a little bit earlier in my, in my introduction that he's actually going in. He's covering three roles. He's covering the brother Frank. He's covering Mister Jolly, but he's also one of the covers for Daniel and Mrs. Doubtfire. Nice. Wow! And um, I was just sat listening to it off the back of him listening. And fortunately, it was on Tuesday when I was working from home. And let's pretend came on, and I was just a mess. I was in floods. I'm gonna write that. Is down. it when he decides to try and see his kids by being it's, a nanny? Well, no, no, no. It's, it's towards the end, so it's when he's been discovered as being Mrs. Doubtfire, and oh. um, they're kind of trying to make a, not necessarily make a go of things, but you know, they've he's having a conversation with his eldest daughter that you know they can't be a family as they were. You know, he has to be her dad, and and oh. I mean, I've got a, I've got an eleven-year-old daughter, but she'll be twelve in three days. So she keeps telling me. Um, <laughs> so it's that. I mean, it's kind of like it's the father-daughter equivalent of "He's my boy" from uh, everybody's uh, talking about Jamie. Mm, that yeah. was I nearly said. Song. I nearly said that one today. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know if you've seen my boy Daniel, but he is white blonde. So he's my boy. It sets Emma off. Yeah. It floods. <laughs> yeah. But that would be that would be my new my new addition, wow. but personally for myself. Amazing. It's a brilliant song. One thing I do like to ask, actually, at this point, for the young groovy guys in the room, so you guys at, at drama school, you're probably getting exposure to new musicals and stuff that we probably haven't heard of yet. Hmm. So what new shows are you listening to? There's a musical that Christian in the cast just introduced me to this week called In Pieces. I think it's written by Joey Contreras, and there's a song in it called Me and Mr. Popularity, and it is just beautiful i've been listening to it on repeat all week but i definitely go for that musical because there's so many lovely songs in it it's great it's really really great brilliant harrison have you got anything Ooh, um maybe the boy in the dress the rsc uh the david williams yeah it's a lovely story and i think it's the songs are actually great it's like a pop it's incredible I definitely recommend it Uh, matty cannell originally from the isle of man he was in the cast of that really yes so God, was, everywhere, don't we? Yeah. Do you know? And, and you know, and the, we're getting everywhere at the it's moment as well. Yeah. It was getting getting big. It's, I mean, it's amazing how just how many Manxies are out there in big shows in London. We've got Ben Caron playing JD and the Heather's at the moment, and obviously we've got Samantha Barks um, has. Uh, oh my lord! How can how on earth oh. can I forget <laughs> Elsa? <laughs> Elsa in Frozen. Frozen as well. Oh, and she was obsessed. Yes. she was obsessed with Frozen as well. Wow. Yeah. And you know, we've got so many people that are off on, on tour around the country. We've got Damien Neal, he's in on tour in Les Mis at the moment as the understudy for Javert. And, wow. and just they're everywhere. It's brilliant. It's it's fantastic. Right, okay. So I think that's about us guys. So just looking back to the show then. So the show runs at the Gaiety from this Saturday, which is the sixth of August, through to Saturday the twentieth of August. And there are no Sunday shows, so you're getting the Sundays off, which is great. So if you haven't done already, get your tickets now from villagaiety.com or by calling 600-555. So Harrison, Kate, Reese, thank you very much for joining me on the Max Theatre Podcast. Wish you all the very, very best with the show. And uh, we'll speak to you again soon. Thank, thank you, you so much. Thank you, thank thank you for you. having us. You're listening to the Manx Theatre Podcast. On the local scene, coming up next week at the Balcomine Studio Theatre, the All Island Theatre Company present Matilda Jr., It runs from the 10th to the 13th of August, and there are two shows per day at 3pm and 7pm. 
Tickets are £15 for adults and £12 for students and are available from thestudiotheatre.im. On the 10th of September, the Manx Youth Band and the Manx Concert Brass present The Manx Last Night of the Proms, featuring this year's Cleveland Gold Medal winner, Paul Castain. Don't forget that Centre Stage Productions are staging Greece at the Gaiety from the 24th of September to the 1st of October. On the 2nd of October, over the road at the Ville Marina, Stephen Palferman and his West End pals present The Musicals in Concert. This show will feature songs from all of your favourite West End shows performed by current and former West End performers. The show will also feature a group of children from Stephen's Stage Ed Summer School. On October the 21st and 22nd, the Move It Dance School present The Seven. This will be a dance show featuring the school students with a story based around the seven deadly sins. Three Legs Productions are back hot off the heels of Once in August with Moana Jr. at the Gaiety Theatre from the 26th to the 29th of October. This is a youth production of Disney's popular movie which tells the tale of Moana who enlists the help of demigod Maui to help restore the heart of Tafiti and prevent the destruction of her home. Bringing up the back end of the year before Panto we have Stage Door Entertainment and their production of Elegies for Angels, Punks and Raging Queens at the Balcomine Studio Theatre from the 24th to the 26th of November. Tickets are on sale now for all of these productions. So there's plenty to look forward to in the coming months. Well with that we bring episode 37 to a close. Thanks once again to Kate, Reese, and Harrison for joining me on the podcast. And we wish them and all at Taylor and Productions all the very best for 42nd Street, which opens this Saturday, the 6th of August at the Gaiety Theatre and runs through to the 20th of August. Within those performances, on Tuesday the 9th of August is a relaxed performance. On Tuesday the 16th of August, there will be the usual captioned performance. And on Thursday, August the 18th, there is the first British Sign Language interpreted performance. As I said earlier, if you haven't done so already, make sure to get your tickets now from thevillagaity.com or by calling 600 555. Remember to like and follow our social media pages to get notifications of upcoming episodes and events. And don't forget to check out our Spotify playlist by searching for Manx Theatre Podcast, and that's all one word. If you have any events that you'd like us to talk about or promote on a future episode, you can contact us through our social media accounts or by email to manxtheatrepodcast at gmail.com. All that remains is to say thanks for listening, and I hope you join me again next time on the Manx Theatre Podcast. I've been Neil Callan. Goodbye. The Manx Theatre Podcast, taking a look behind the scenes of Manx Theatre. Men actors alive for me.